across the world, real estate agents are underachieving. They're missing out on millions of dollars in commissions. My name is Pat Hyben, and in the past 27 years, I've sold over 6,000 homes, selling over a billion dollars in real estate volume. My plan is to interview agents from across the world and help all agents create their destiny. Okay, Rockstar Nation, as promised, I have Toby Salgado on today, and Toby and I are going to roll through what he has gleaned from over 400 of the world's best agents interviews from Super Agents Live. So without further ado, Toby, welcome to Pat Hyman Interviews Real Estate Rockstars. Pat, man, uh, thanks for having me on, dude. I, I, I've been dreaming about this day. I was like, says ever since you launched your show, I was like, come on, Pat, when are you going to have me on? So I listen, man, I am honored and thrilled and happy to be here. Toby is the pioneer when it comes to this stuff, because Toby actually called me. God, it was over two and a half years ago now and uh, had me on his show. And I didn't even know what a podcast was. I was like, what is this guy doing? And then and then when it came out, I was like, well, how do I listen to it? Then I listened to it and I was like, damn, this is this is pretty cool. This sounds great. And then I, I went back and I listened to all of Toby's and I said, man, I want to do this too. This is fun. And Toby has been so gracious and been, as Michael J. Mayer would say, cooperative versus competitive. And, and I love that about him. So uh, thanks for coming on and continuing to be so cooperative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, but yeah, for sure. And 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 I think the you know, and I think I said this early on, Pat, when when you were thinking about doing yours, is I said, hey man, I really see us as co-opetition rather than competition. But but yeah, and I'll tell you, man, you, you're you were one of my early, early, early guests. And and I don't you know, we have a team out here that that number one identifies people that that would be potentially good guests, and then you know, a different group of people that reach out to them. And uh, you were one of the people early on, you know, in this space that that you actually had a, you know, because you're a best-selling author and, you know, you've done some stuff, you were actually one of the few people early on that had a big footprint out there. Um, I think, I think, and again, that was probably 2013 when I first met you. And now, you know, in 2016, I think agents and, and not only agents, I mean, I think people out in the world are understanding that, you know, to be competitive or to be relevant in, you know, a world of 2016 that, you know, we're all media companies, right? Whether you, you know, whether real estate is your product or you're a retailer of, of something else, we're all media companies. And, you know, it's an extremely noisy world. Um, we all need a platform. And it, it's one of those things where, you know, as I, we were chatting just the other day, and we are living in an influence economy. And I think, you know, I believe, I truly believe that the new, you know, social currency, social capital is going to be exposure. Wow. Um, so, yeah, this, That's this the, is fun stuff. Social currency is exposure, just exposing yourself out there. You know, yeah. I've always said in my mind, I'd much rather be rich than rich and famous. And I'm challenged with that. I tried to take that route, I think, for a, a while, and I'm finding myself kind of 
squeaking out of that, obviously, through this podcast and building on this and different things. And it's it's so hard nowadays, right? Because so much of, of what we do, if you're an agent or if you run a radio show like you and I do, is based on, just like you said, exposure. That's the yeah. social currency. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, and, and you know, and I mean, you can look at, you know, I mean, I mean, everybody knows the Kardashians. They're famous for being famous. But even if you go back, man, if you go back to, to uh, you know, the, the OJ trial, right? Right? That was in the 90s, I want to say like 95, 96, something like that. You know, the OJ trial and the, the I forget the guy's name, Cato, Cato Kalin. You know, he's, he's this dumb surfer guy living in OJ's like pool house. And but they put Cato on the stand for three or four days. And I think, I mean, literally the guy was like, I don't know, like driving a taxi. But he gets on the stand for three days, gets tons of exposure. And guess what? Like he, he had a morning talk show from that. I mean, he parlayed. <laughs> I mean, he parlayed three days of being, you know, uh, uh, on the stand into a whole career. So, you know, and again, with with the tools that we have uh, today, whether it's, you know, platforms like uh, LinkedIn or Twitter or whatever. So we have platforms specifically built to get exposure. Um, and then especially now with, you know, with Apple and what they've done with iTunes. And, uh, you know, I mean, these these are platforms to get you and I normal brands out into the world. And look, just like you, I'm sure, Pat, I mean, I have listeners in 130 countries. You know, I, we have a global brand, which is, you know, I didn't set out to do that, but it, but it just, you know, right tools, right platform. Um, and it works. It's, and, it, and, and, you know, by the way, it's fun. So, you know, and, and at the end of the day, there's been tons of books written around this topic, right? You know, Seth Godin's, you know, a thousand true fans, you know, and if you can get, if you can get a small group of people that, that will follow you and buy whatever you put out there, you know, I mean, that's a whole career. That's what you, you can, you can feed yourself and your family based on just having enough people watching what you're doing. And, and, and I keep talking, so I apologize, Pat, but the whole thing, I can tell you that for me, you know, I made this bet that a podcast and this type of broadcasting, uh, you know, I made this bet early. I started thinking about it in 2012. Finally, it took me a long time. It was really hard to, to f- figure out how to launch in 2013. But we launched in 2013, and, and, and now we're doing it. But, I, but again, I think the world is moving towards this more curated and more curated content. You know, the, the people who, if you go back, you know, 10, 15 years ago, the people that were early on doing just regular blogging, those people made millions of dollars. Now there are million. Everybody's got a blog, right? It's you. There's no way you can just get a, a followership with using just that platform today. But now I think you know with with uh, serial with that podcast serial, and I'm you know that if you listen to that, one, yeah, I've heard it. Yep, season one, season one's great. But that that one show, season two was kind of hard to follow. I mean, yeah. I, I appreciate the Bo Bergdorf thing, but I listened to the first two or three, and I was right. like, eh. That's exactly. It was not for me, right? Same same exact experience. But my point with Serial that broke podcasting into the mainstream, and what I I truly believe that we're what we're going to start seeing is we already start seeing guys like you and me do podcasts uh, in a very niche level. Everybody's got one. Alec Baldwin's got one. Every you know Bill Meyer. Bill Burr. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, so everybody is going to have a, a platform of their own, and it's going to and this is the fast, easy way to 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 get a you know to build your brand and get it out there as a media company. So let's talk about that because you know I had John Lee Domus on my podcast, and I know you, you were on his, and vice versa, and that sort of thing. We both are well aware of him, and he had stated that he believed that. 
it was quite possible that real estate agents were going to start having local podcasts where they would have, here's the latest news from the city council and this restaurant closed and this person got a DWI on Main Street and it would be almost like a daily or a regular audio newspaper of sorts that just hit kind of like a headline news when it came out, right? It was just like Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Massive, like, little clips. So that, to my knowledge, has not really taken off. I really thought at the time it was going to take off. I actually, you know, started writing down some ideas about how to start a podcast company that that basically just helped agents create this. Uh, never went anywhere. Do you think that's something that's going to happen in the future? Yeah, well, I have 100%. And it's funny you mentioned that. And I, you know, I, I, there, I specifically didn't want to come on and tell, you know, tell people what I was doing. I'd rather have them. But yeah, so we're doing that. We actually just launched a, a service for that. And again, I don't want people to think that we came on to pitch this. I'll, I'll just spend a few minutes talking about it, but I don't want to, I don't want to do it at all. But at 100%. And here, there's three. See, I didn't. Why. I didn't know that. By the way, everybody, I didn't know. Okay. That. Okay. Cool. Well, it's called. And for everybody, if you want to check it, it's called Viral Cast with a K. But, but here's here's the thing. We all right, real estate is a contact sport, right? You go out, you make contacts, you build a relationship there. Now the problem is, you know, everybody's got a realtor in their network, and if you as a real estate agent want to, you know, reach out and build a relationship with a top entrepreneur, top investor, right, top financial planner, CPA, right, all these people that can help you in your business, you know. If if you make a cold call, and it's, it's going to be a cold call, right, uh, today and say, hey, listen, John, I know you're the top you know, financial planner. Uh, I sell real estate. You know, it's going to be no thanks, click, right? But, but if, you read, if you have a show and you have the, the, the Toby Salgado show, the, the Tim Smith show, whatever, and you go, hey, I, you know, I, I know what you're doing out in the marketplace. You're, you know, you're the top financial planner, CPA, probate attorney, whatever it is. You know, I'd love to bring you on the show. Uh, you know, I have these kinds of listeners listening. I'd love to feature you. 100%, all those people will come on the show. Now, for me, I've had tons of people that I should not have had on the show, meaning I should not have had access to them. I wanted to talk about <clears throat> negotiation. And I, was, and I thought to myself, okay, who should I bring on to talk about negotiation? And I said, the, and I was watching, I don't know, I was watching some movie. And, it, and I, I was like, the FBI. So I reached out to the head of the FBI's hostage negotiation unit. Guess what? It took two emails, got the guy on my show. So, so having your own show gives you crazy access to people. And so here's the way I see people, uh, real estate agents or people like that using it. Number one, you have your own show and you use that show to gain access to people that you want to meet and start to build a relationship. So I, again, I go out, I bring the top financial planners, probate attorneys, whatever. I bring them on and I spend 30 minutes making them look like a rock star. Boom. Okay, now now I have I So you're I'm you're starting- interviewing people yeah. from your community, like Absolutely. the local accountant. Right. Look well, not an accountant I guess could help you, but it, you know, I see it as, you know, probate attorneys, attorneys, CPAs, financial planners, whatever. But okay. certainly yeah, some yeah, accountant whatever, out there. Yeah. Okay. So so now I I'm building a building a relationship with that person. Number 2, now I have this ideally really really valuable piece of content. So I take that content in audio, and now I'm going to email that to my database. So now my database is a couple things. One, I'm building a deeper relationship with my database. Number two, my credibility starts to go up in, uh, with my database because now I'm not just Toby Salgado, some real estate agent. Like I'm Toby Salgado, like the connected guy, right? Because I'm going to bring the mayor, the chief of police, whatever on my show. 
And then, and then thirdly, as you know, Pat, what typically happens is, you know, the people that you bring on the show, they always, they always send you an email and go, hey, Pat, can I have the link? Because they want to send it to their list. So now all of a sudden, you know, you as a real estate agent build a relationship with a new person. You build deeper connections with your database. Now, thirdly, you get fundamentally endorsed because that person's going to take their, that link and send it to their database. So now all of a sudden you get access to a whole new group of people and, and it's in, a, in an endorsed way because, you know, obviously if I do business with that top financial planner and they go, hey, check out my interview with Toby, you know, I go, oh, Toby must be a good guy. I'm going to use him. So yeah, I, be I believe having a hyper local podcast for real estate agents, you know, property managers, mortgage brokers is incredibly valuable. Yeah, and a word of advice because I actually, after I listened, after I had my conversations with John about this, I actually set up a local podcast in my hometown, Columbia, Maryland, and I actually had one of our assistants help me as like a co-host, and we recorded like five episodes, and it was a blast, but we never got really past like 22 people listening to it on, on a download uh, schedule, on a regular weekly downloads, right? Because no one knew, knew about it, right? And then we quit. And I so right. I, I think the consistency is like Toby has done 400-some podcasts, right? Yep. He has not quit, and he has been consistent. And I think the same thing applies with this, guys. If you're going to do this, do it for a year. Don't say, I'm going to just do it for five times, and I'm guilty of it. We just quit. You know, say, I'm going to do this for a year, once a week, twice a week, whatever, and then make a decision because it's going to take a while before it gets picked up or people start to know about it. Well, and I th but I think, but I think, but I, you bring up a good point, Pat, because, you know, it's, it's all about what are the objectives. And I don't think that the objective should be for you to build, you know, unlike you and me who have global audiences, the, for, for these, if you're going to build a hyper-local show, it's not necessarily about finding new, or new listeners finding you. It's more about using it to build new relationships and use it to, to build a deeper connection to your database. Because that's, you know, if you, as you know this, Pat, there's, it, as a real estate agent, you have all sorts of, of spokes, right, in your company, right? You know, Fizbo's, expires, whatever. But the most valuable spoke ever is going to be your database. And, a mo and too many people spend time and energy building that database and then don't, don't communicate with it. And I, I think it's, that is a huge mistake. Everybody I touch is the first thing that I, I, I lean in on is what are you doing with your database? And look, you know, just, re just a month or two ago recently, you know, I was in uh, – I was in um, – New Orleans for you know K uh, KW's family reunion. Gary got up on the stage, and there was a few things that he really keyed in on, uh, and we can talk about it if you want. But one of the things was he was like, "Oh, database," he, you know, and and Gary called it permission marketing, and he's like, and and he was singing the same exact story that I was singing. So again, I think if you if you guys want to explore having a hyper local podcast, you know, you, your objective shouldn't be building a new audience; it should be making that database more valuable, getting, you know, building that connection, that relationship with your database uh, in a very personal way. And, and look, I'll t there's nothing more personal, right? Right now, you guys are listening to this. You're walking your dog, doing your laundry, working out. I don't know what you're doing, but, you know, we're in your ears. We're in your ears. There's nothing more personal than that. And if, and if Pat and I do our, our job right, he, here's how I think of it, Pat. My show, I want to come off like you and I have both been at a bar, you know, sitting, sitting next to two people having a, a phenomenally interesting conversation, 
right? And it's 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 neat to just kind of listen in, or you know, be at the hotel what's a hot tub, right? And you're listening to two people talk about about building their business or about their life or whatever. That's what I want my show to feel like, and I, and and I I think it comes off okay. But again, I think if if you guys out there have a show and you you know you want to have that kind of connection with your database. Yeah, absolutely. So, so you've talked to 400 some agents and obviously almost everyone probably came up a conversation about databases or at least probably 80%. So based on what you've learned from all this, Toby, how many times should an agent be contacting their database? Well, answer that question first and then I'll do a follow-up question. How many times a year? Well, well, I, you know, you should think of it as in, as in, I, I can, uh, let me answer it this way, Pat. So one of the things that, that I advocate is that real estate agents, because again, just like your, your audience is probably similar to mine, kind of real estate heavy, but you know, real estate agents are failing in marketing. Most of them are just not very good at marketing. And what I encourage people to do is take cues from other internet marketers. How do they, what do they do with their database, right? In terms of frequency. Now there are, I follow a ton of top internet marketers. You know, some people will just pound their database three times a week. Others will send out, you know, one a week. So I, I can tell you that sending out one email per week is not too much. That's totally fine, right? So that's 52 touches if it's one a week, you know, per year. And again, that's totally fine. And if you create content that's valuable, similar to like, you know, again, if you do a podcast and you're bringing on these, you know, bringing on CPAs and they're talking about all the tax tips, well, that's valuable. When, if you send out an email that's a market update, that's not valuable. So, you know, you- Okay, so let's, let's stop there. So, okay, okay so- once a week, basically, you're recommending based on what you've learned, once a week via email, but don't send a market update. What do you send instead? Yeah, don't send number one garbage. Don't send whatever anybody else is sending. I just like we're at the we're recording this on the sixth or the seventh or whatever. And a couple days ago, I literally got like 40 emails. People uh, give me a market, the same market snapshot. Right. Everybody, somebody, somebody, you know, all these guys are subscribing to the same service. They get that email. They send it out. Well, you know what? You look like everybody else. You know what I'm going to do is I'm going to unsubscribe from your list. So, so, you know, again, we don't want to, we don't want to see, see market updates. We don't want to see recipes. So it's got to be something timely and relevant to your market. Like what? Well, I mean, it could be, it could be, um, why you should, you know, what's happening with the fed. And, you know, and what happens, what is, what's the Fed doing with interest rates, right? And, and you could tease that subject line all sorts of different ways. You know, it could be why, you know, why there's a lack of first-time home buyers and how that's negatively affecting the move-up market, right? You can talk about, and, and again, this, there's, a, there's, there's uh, subject lines and then there's content. You know, why student debt is killing the real estate market. So almost you, like a personal blog, right? Right, from, yeah. From Joe Smith, the agent. And instead of posting or in addition to posting on the blog, you're emailing it to everybody you knew, know in your database. Yeah, it's right. Well, and, and think, you can think of it a different way. It's, it's me seeing something or having an idea that I'm like, man, Pat, I'm going to share it to you. It's a, you know, it's a one-to-one thing. Hey, Pat, here's why student debt is killing the real estate market. And then, and then you explain it to me, right? I'm like, oh, dang. 
Pat's a smart guy. What the Fed, again, I'm focused on economic stuff. It could be economic stuff. It could be something as simple as you being the guy in Maryland. In, well, you're not in Baltimore anymore or Maryland. Um, you're, in, you're in South Carolina. But what if you just told me about the new restaurant that that is opening up right like hey guys there's this new and again it depends on the it, it, you, this yeah, so the same to, idea kind of like a mix between the economics and hyper local blog right. hyper local thing okay Talk, right and, yep. and do that once a week via email that's all you need to do yep well for your database yeah well, well hold on hold on let me say it this way so on your database right so number one you need to have a, your database number two people you need to be deliberate about building that database and you need to be deliberate in two ways, right? Number one, building it passively and number two, building it actively. Now I'll explain that. So building it actively is just, you know, you meeting people in the market, whether you meet them at the grocery store, whether you're calling them in your farm, however that is, right? That's active. I'm out there deliberately wanting to meet new people and add them to my database. Now, passively is something like you and I do, Right. So you go to my again, you and I talked about this a few days ago. But if when you come to my website, our show, and it's in um, it's superagentslive.com. So if you go there, there's three different funnels, three different ways that I try to get your email address right now. I get like number one, when you go to the site, I gate you. I throw up a big pop up box. And I went to your site, Pat, you do the same thing. So, so you can do, you have a choice to make, right, as a visitor. Because, listen, all traffic you get, all traffic is either paid for or earned. Now, it is a huge mistake to, to earn traffic or to buy traffic. And then you, as, as the business owner, you're not trying to monetize it, right? Which is basically like, give me your email address. I just paid you, you know, paid to get you here. So, so number one, I gate it. I, I give you the opportunity to just sign up. Number two, I give a, I give a free ebook away. Now, my ebook is called How to Sell. So, and for if you as a real estate agent, you could do you know how to sell your house in thirty days, how to get get top dollar guaranteed, you know how to increase curb seven easy ways to increase curb appeal. So, give something away of value in exchange for an ebook. What does it take you a half you know four hours, five hours to write ten or fifteen pages? So number one, gate. Number two, free ebook. And number three, I have a, uh, I have a, a membership site that, that, again, I'm tracking real estate agents. So I, you can, it's a free membership site. But I have like pre-listing packages. I have tracking sheets. I have all, all sorts of stuff. So there's three ways I try to build my list passively. And, you know, and I'll tell you, for me, you know, I will get between 10 and sometimes 100 new emails every single day, every day. So, okay, so number one, have a database. Number two, like deliberately build it. And then number three, you know, you should segment that database, right? Because, because what we said earlier was you need to deliver relevant content. So if you are a buyer, I don't want to see a bunch of seller emails, seller content, right? That, mean, that means nothing to me. So you need to segment your list in a few different ways. Number one, segment, segmented by buyer, seller, right? So you can, again, start to deliver relevant content. And, and, the, and this is purely email type stuff. And then, and then number, the other way you should segment it is, is you can grade it. Our, our mutual friend, Michael Mayer, this is one of his things he says, is graded A, B, C, D, right? The A list are going to be people that you believe they're influences in your marketplace, right? They're people that can help you build your business. And so in addition to the one emails a week, that those A list people, those people that you should have some sort of, you, you should give them a phone call, A, B. So, so maybe the A's, 
you do t- you, you have two prongs. Number one, they're going to get a, at least a monthly call from me. And number two, depending on the size of, a, of that list, uh, number two, I, I'm going to try to have a coffee uh, with you once a quarter, right? So those are the A's. I'm going because those people I know are influencers. Those people I know can help me build my business. Now the B's are you know people that can help you, but maybe they're not in big influencers. So those people you just go, hey, I'm going to give you a call once a month, once a quarter, whatever it is. So so you need to touch your database in a variety of ways. But but at the end of the day, the most important thing is is relevance and quality in terms of what you how you communicate to your database. Wow. So calls, coffees, and emails. You heard it here, guys. This is what the agents out there are doing. And I know it sounds like a lot, but it is not because this is the most valuable piece or most valuable asset that you have, as Toby mentioned earlier, is the database. Now let's talk about, Toby, systems and programs and things that people are using to track their database, to hold their database. And you hear all kinds of different companies that are pitched by different agents on here and recommended, I should say, not pitched. Which ones do you like? Which ones have you heard a lot about? That's a good question. And again, going back to relevant and quality, I don't know that I have great, great answers for you. You know, I think, you know, when it comes to having your database, you know, there's one line, Pat, you know, you've heard it as as many times as I have. And I both get that. I'm sure you get this email. What's the best CRM? What's the best basically place to, you know, uh, for my database? And, you know, the, the easy answer is well, whatever one you use, right? There's no perfect answer, whether that's, you know, the database or CRM you get from Boomtown uh, or, you know, or Top Producer or Salesforce. But whatever one that you use is the best. Now, here's what I will say on that, you know, what ba- database is base, best. What I would say is, you know, some people will, a lot of people love Top Producer. And they love Top Producer because Top Producer comes with a bunch of uh, pre-built uh, emails that they can drip out. Now, again, as we said earlier, that's terrible, right? It's not segmented to your list. It's not relevant necessarily. It's generic crap. So I don't think that's a good thing to do. What I say in terms of what CRM is the best is something like a Salesforce. It's so big, but it integrates with all sorts of different stuff. So ideally, you want your 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 CRM to integrate with your with uh, your backend um, QuickBooks, for example, right? There's lots of stuff, but I think more in terms of integrations because, again, just you know, just like this podcast, it's a big platform. Your business is a big platform, and 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 in terms of building your platform, places like Boomtown, Commissions Inc., people love those because they go, oh, it's an all-in-one solution. It's an all-in-one solution, and, and it's got a CRM, and it's got a you know, it's got a backend. Right. And they build me a website, and I and for me, I go, that's total, that's garbage, that's crap. Whoa. It might it might work for the for the lazy guy out there, but I see it like this. This is how I see it. So a, a guy recently asked me. He said, "Hey, Toby, what kind of cars do you drive?" And I'm like, "Dude, you know what? I'm not necessarily like that because." The way that I drive, and I'll tell you my cars, right? So I have an F-250. That is my mountain car. That's what I take skiing. We have a minivan. That's our beach car. You know, I have a Porsche 911. Well, that's the one I go to meetings in. We, you know, my wife drives a, a Porsche Cayenne. Well, that's our church car, right? And then I have a couple other Porsches that, you know, that are my fun cars. So for me, I, I choose best in class rather than all in one. And I think people take that notion mm. when it comes to their business of, I just want a, a, an all-in-one, put-it-in-a-box thing for me. Well, that's great. It's going to do a bunch of stuff, but it's not going to do anything world-class. You know what I mean? So for me, I'd rather see people pick the best 
piece, CRM, QuickBooks, you know, financial software, pick the best in class, but make sure they, can, they, they integrate with one another. And even though it's not all in one, you, if you're smart, you can make it all in one and you have the uh, best in class piece. Now, I, I think I forget your question, buddy, but I, uh, anyway, yeah, I got no, no, you answered it. No, I mean, essentially, which, what, what's the best CRM out there? And you said it's really not about the CRM. It's about having a CRM and actually using it yeah. and having a, a best in class CRM. And I think that, that they're all good, right? They're all solid. If, they, if, if you've heard them on my show or Toby's show, they're good. They work for a lot of agents. It's just a matter of, are you going to use it? Because some people, like they have, you know, these CRMs and, and they put the names and addresses in there, but that's all that, get, that ever happens right. to them. Right? Right. They're not sending out 52 emails a year. They're not calling for coffee once a quarter. They're not picking up the phone and asking for referrals once a week. So right. it's really more about that than it is the CRM itself. So let's talk about learning materials. Okay. Obviously, you know, Super Agents Live is a huge platform. It's absolutely positively free. People listen to it just like they listen to my radio show. What are, first of all, some other podcasts that you like that are out there, whether they be real estate related or non-real estate related? What what are some of your favorites? Yeah, you know what? So for me, number one, man, you know, I am just like you. I mean, I'm so learning based. I'm always learning, right? I'm always listening to Audible, you know, listening to some book or whatever. And when it comes over the last three years, my taste when it comes to podcasts, it's my opinion for better or for worse that there's a shockingly lack of good ones. You know, even ones that rank really, really high, you know, I'll tune in, I'll, whether it's comedy or business or whatever. I just go, God, man, I don't, I don't know if it's because I've just learned so much, you know, from other, you know, reading books or whatever, but, you know, there's, there's not very many good ones. So for me, I, I, don't, I don't use podcasts to, to necessarily learn about marketing or business or whatever anymore. Over the last few years, I've really kind of used podcasts as an as a entertainment tool, you know. Sure, to, which, which you know, is fine. I mean, you know, there's ones like The Moth and This American Life and yeah, stuff like yeah. that, which are very entertaining. They kind of go in the same line as serial. You know what I mean? They're, and yep. they're books that are nonfiction or books that are fiction. And there's a time and place for everything. You know, I mean, the fiction books, they say, make you more creative. The nonfiction books obviously uh, help you be more productive. Yeah. So, so in terms of just entertainment, Tim Ferriss' show, obviously, but also there's, a, there's one by Alec Baldwin called Here's the Thing. Now, Here's the Thing and Tim Ferriss show are very similar in the sense that, you know, uh, Alec is deconstructing greatness when it comes to performers. Okay. While Tim Ferriss is deconstructing greatness in a lot of ways with people, uh, you know, mainly business people. Now that's, that, that's a, it's a simplified explanation of what Tim does, but I listen to those two because I want to know about the human component of of greatness. What is it about these people that makes them, you know, push for to be the best in class, right? And and on that note, there's another one called uh, Dan Carlin's Hardcore History, and it's all mm. about history. And I'm not necessarily, I've never necessarily been a huge history guy, but but like there's there's a 12 hour there's it's like three different podcasts um, on Genghis Khan, okay, and it's the whole episode or the whole series is about 12 hours long. And I'll tell you, I've listened to the thing like three times. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's interesting, right? What makes a guy like Genghis Khan go out there or, or Alexander the Great 
and want to conquer the world. And how does he go about doing it? And it's shockingly similar in the way that great businesses are built, right? You know, have an agenda, have an objective, go out, find, find, you know, build a team. So, so it's interesting to me to, to look at either current or historical figures and, and see how they did that. So again, those are three on, on that side of it. I listened to This Week in Startups uh, by Jason Calacanis. And Jason's been, at, Jason's been doing a podcast for a long time, but Jason's a, he's a venture capitalist, uh, investor. And so I listened to that show to stay, to stay relevant on what's happening in, in Silicon Valley, right? What new companies are just coming out, getting funded, getting traction, uh, in, and in what spaces? And, it's, and it, again, it's interesting to me to see where these very smart venture capitalist guys are making bets with money. Because that's the future, right? Like if I can see what's going to happen in the future or look at what's happening right now to see wh- where the world is trending, right? And like, you know, and for those guys, it's, it's a lot of stuff in the health space or virtual reality or whatever. But, you know, to look at that and go, okay, let me disentangle what's out there today, what's working, what's not working, how that's going to impact potentially economic world or the world I live in in the next, you know, three or four years. So you like that stuff? That's yeah, uh, yeah. That and that, and that's great. You obviously do listen to a lot of podcasts because you 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 named off like six there. So that's that's really good stuff. And there's a million out there, guys. If you haven't figured it out, there's a world of podcasts available. So what do you think it is, Toby? You know, you've talked to all these agents. What do you what do you think it is that that creates the DNA? What are the molecules that create the DNA of an incredible? real estate agent what characteristics what habits do you see time and time again in these people that you interview you know that's a good question and that's something that that i i always try to dig into and and it's funny like i enter my show every time i enter my show with tell me a little bit about yourself i always want to get to know who they are first before i even start talking about their business and i think you know, I think if you look at all the people who've built incredible businesses, thematically, they're all the same. And, you know, there's a couple components. And, and I think some of these components are not teachable. Um, some of these components are just, you know, the, you know, the, the question of, you know, are great entrepreneurs or, or entrepreneurs in general, are they born or are they made? And I think it's some of both. But I think in a lot of ways, you know, it, it has to be, like you said, Pat, like it has to be in your DNA. Because, you know, we, one thing that I see in all these people is a girls, or, or girls, you know, women or men or whatever, they're competitive. And, and I think that's that, that having a being super, super competitive is one of the things that, you no, know, even if they're making a million, two million, three million dollars a year, because I commonly ask, I'm like, I go, look, you've been making two million dollars a year for the last 15 years. Like, why do you keep doing it? You don't need the money. And it comes down to like, they just go, man, I'm competitive. I want to be the best. I want to be the best. I want to be number one. I want to win. So that may be simplified or not simplified. But I think if you go back to, you know, I have three kids and, and I know you, you, you're, you're a father, Pat. But, you know, if you go and everybody listening who's got a kid, you know, think about the, the, the weekend soccer game of some elementary kids. Um, there's kids out there that have hustle and there's other kids that don't. And there's some kids who have a bunch of talent, but no hustle. I can teach you how to play the game at a high level, whether that's business or soccer or whatever it is. But if you don't have that hustle, I can't teach you hustle, man. I can't. So I think when it comes down to, you know, that's one main thing, being competitive and having hustle. And I think if you, if you have, if you, again, if you're competitive, you have hustle, the, the way that you're going to come at building your business is always the same. You're going to come at it 
as a business. And that makes a big difference, dude. That's a huge difference if I come out and say, listen, I'm going to build a business rather than a lot of agents who fail. And we all know, what, 83, 85% of agents you know, are going to wash out in year one. You know what? These, these guys, guys and gals, right? They set out to build a lifestyle business and most of them fail. Because, and, and if you think about it, Pat, you're going to come at building a business very differently if you step out of the gate and go, look, I'm going to build a business rather than, I, rather than I'm going to build a quote unquote business. Those people who say, oh, I'm going to go into real estate because, um, geez, uh, you know, I can, I can dictate my timing or my schedule and I can dictate uh, um, how much money I make. And wh what happens is when, you know, those people, they want time freedom and financial freedom. They abuse time freedom and will never get financial freedom. And those other people, again, who come out and say, look, I'm going to build a business. Here's the difference, Pat. If you come out and go, hey, I want to get into real estate because I see it on TV and it's all great. Um, and I can, I can, you know, I, can have, I have time freedom or whatever. What inevitably starts to happen is you go back, the first thing, what, what's the first problem? What's the problem, Pat, that you hear everybody says they have? They go, leads. I don't have leads. I don't mm -hmm. have leads. I don't have right. leads. Right. That's not it. That's not your problem at all. You know, and, and even if it is, you, you go, I don't have leads. I need leads. You go out and let's say you hustle or buy leads. Well, guess what? You've not built the systems in place in order to handle the influx of leads. And that's the difference. Or you um, don't have listings. Pure right. and simple. But buyers are a byproduct. Of there you go. Yeah. So, so, but the deal, what I'm saying, what I'm trying to point out, not very successfully, uh, is that the fact that somebody who's going to set out to build a business, they don't start with lead gen first. They start with systems first, and then get to yeah, them. yeah, yeah. That's that that that's huge, right? They they don't right. That people call people will ask you, you know, or ask me all the time, you know, when should I hire my first buyer agent? Or tell me, look, I just started out. I'm a year in the business, and I got five buyer agents. And it's like, no, 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 no. You need to get a listing inventory before you start getting buyer agents. Before you start you building this huge infrastructure. Well, you, yeah, you need, I mean, just again, you, you know, you, you need to, is that leads first or systems first, you know, systems and processes, you know, and for me, and that's kind of, you know, one of the questions you asked earlier. And, and I think, you know, I, I get that same question. When should I start, when should I go out and hire my first uh, admin? You know, and my answer is right now, like there, you, there is no metric for you to go get to here and then you get your admin. If you want to build a company, what do, what does every other company do? Outside of real estate agents, they have to buy, hire, buy uh, a property, plant, and equipment, right? Even if you're going to go start a, a house painting company, well, you need a truck, you need a sprayer, you need ladders and all that stuff. Real estate agents fail because they fail to think in those, that term. They go, oh, I just, you know, I just need my car and you know, a, a pad of paper. They, they don't have to make acquisition choices early on it you know in order to succeed in that and well at least in their mind and again so you all of a sudden you're not you're not building a business um I, again i don't think i illustrated that as well as 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 i could have but no that was great that was great that was great so let, let's wrap this up toby maybe with like your favorite quote whether you heard it from a top real estate agent on your show or you read it in a book or heard it in another podcast What's uh, something you could leave us with that people will say, Toby reminded me of this, or that guy yeah. Toby always says this? 
Well, I'll tell you, man. Uh, so I'll, I'll give you my favorite quote. And uh, John, John had me on his show. One or John, John Lee Dumas, uh, one or two times. John asked me that. What's your favorite quote? And he has since stolen my quote. He, he and John, if you're listening to this, <laughs> is it your you quote have, or someone else's? <laughs> well, it's somebody else's. It's my favorite. Yeah, so, someone else's favorite. <laughs> yeah. So it's it, this quote is from Alexander the Great. Uh, right, a 26-year-old that pretty much took over the world, and and he and what he will say is his quote is, "Fortune favors the bold," mm. and I and my whole career has been built on that. Right, I'm I'm high D, high I. I'm all about taking action, willing to fail, and sometimes you know I I'm, I think you you expressed this to me a, a few days ago. You know I've done things that if I would have known exactly what I was getting into, I probably wouldn't have done it. But since I, you know, I was the way you say it is too naive. I was too naive to 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 not know what I didn't know, and I and I and I made successes out of these things. So you know, for everybody, I just you know you know take action, take risk. You know, if you're 50 years old or less, you have time to recover. Like, just go out and do it. If you know, people have all these dreams of of you know building their ideal life, being able to hop on a plane and go to Paris anytime they want, but they don't do anything. They don't put themselves in the right place or take risk, uh, you know, enough to go out and build what the, the life that they want. And I think early on, Pat, man, you know, my, my, you know, I'm, I, ever since I was 18, I started climbing rocks. I started climbing mountains. I've, I've done all sorts of routes, but my first big expedition I put together, I created some shirts for the team. And I was like, you know, I never, when I'm dying, when I'm on my deathbed, I'm 60, 70, 80, 90, whatever, how old I am. I never want to die, be dying and look at my kids or my grandkids or my wife and go, I wish I would have fill in the blank, right? Mm, Whatever that yeah. is, you know, get your pilot's license, fly helicopters, right? W- whatever it is. I never want to say that. So, you know, so early on, you know, I- I've tried to build a life where I could explore and do whatever I wanted to do. I love it. I love it. And I love that quote too, because it, it gives you faith. You know what I mean? It's, it's sort of like God helps them that helps themselves, right? And it's the same exact thing, right? It's, yep. it's fortune favors a bowl. It gives you incentive to just do stuff, you know, to just take action and someone will have your back or the universe will have your back and you just have to f- have faith. Fortune will favor you yeah. If you're bold, but if you're not, you're always going to miss 100% of the shots you don't take. I mean, here we are. We're full of cliches and quotes here. So this is good. Well, this has been awesome, Toby. I really, really, really appreciate you coming on the show. I really appreciate all the insights that you've given, the meat and potatoes and everything. I am going to post a link to Toby's podcast, Super Agents Live, and a link to his website and to some of the tips and techniques that we talked about today in the show notes, hybendigital.com backslash Toby Salgado, S-A-L-G-A-D-O. Thank you, Toby. You're welcome, Pat. Thanks for having me on. Well, I hope you have enjoyed this session of Real Estate Rockstars. I'm Pat Hyben, and I appreciate you spending time tuning in for some rock-solid advice. I encourage you to take action on something that you have connected with. These insights, along with goal setting, will help carry you to achieving your destiny. Visit hybendigital.com for resources, how-tos, ebooks, and so much more. Also, reach out to us on Twitter. My handle is at Pat Hyben. And don't forget, Rockstar Nation, keep rocking. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.